1: Breastfeeding a toddler is drastically different than breastfeeding a newborn. Just ask any mother whose baby has teeth, can ask for the boob with words, and has the attention span of a small gnat. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce Andrea J. Blanco, a private practice, internationally board-certified lactation consultant in Miami, Florida with Loving Start Lactation Services. Today, we are discussing breastfeeding toddlers and managing that sometimes chaotic circus. This is The Boob Group, episode 41. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At the Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. Did you know that we have an entire panel of experts who would love to answer your breastfeeding and parenting questions? All you have to do is call our hotline and leave a voicemail at 619 619- 866-4775 and leave a message. Your question will then be answered on an upcoming episode. Today I'm joined by three lovely panelists. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? I am Rachel Rainbolt, 30 years old. I am the author
2: of the Sage Parenting book and I have three boys ages 7, 4, and 1. I'm Christine McCarty. I have one nine-month-old daughter.
3: Hello, my name is Rosario Rodriguez. I am 30 years old, and I have an almost 3-year-old and a 3-month-old.
1: Awesome, awesome, who is currently nursing in the studio. <laughs> well, thanks, ladies, and welcome to the show. Sounds familiar.
0: If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, It was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and
1: Walmart.com. Let's kick off today's episode with some unbelievable breastfeeding stories making headlines around the internet. All of these stories are posted on the Boob Group Pinterest board if you want to check them out. So um, the story I picked today was actually written by Jessica from The Leaky Boob. And her story was called Fear and Breastfeeding in Las Vegas. And so what happened was, I guess she was at a conference last week in Las Vegas at the Flamingo Hilton. She was asked for the first time ever if she would cover up while she was breastfeeding in a restaurant as she was surrounded by many, many ladies walking around with less clothing on than she did. And you can actually check out the photos that she um, showed on her article on her website, but essentially, I'm going to show the ladies, our panelists, but they're women with pasties that uh, were up all over Vegas. The fortunate thing, actually, was that the Flamingo Hilton... um, she started Twitter tweeting about it, and they caught on. And they actually met with her and were really, really nice about the whole thing, and they are thinking about bringing her back to do training for their employees. Yeah, they stepped it up a lot more than Hollister did. Um, <laughs> and um, to talk about the laws and how women are allowed to breastfeed in public. Um, so my question for you all is, um, how is moms, can we help to make it so that nursing in public – becomes more of reality so women will stop being harassed while they're nursing in public what do you think Rachel I think just by breastfeeding in public ourselves that
2: goes leaps and bounds and normalizing it for other people I mean if you go into a restaurant and there are two other moms nursing in there you're not gonna feel the pressure and the the stress and the anxiety and the fear um, of breastfeeding your baby if they give you a cue that they're
1: hungry Absolutely. How about you, Christine?
4: I never even carry a nursing cover just to (laughs) encourage myself not to nurse covered. And when I see another mom that's nursing uncovered or covered, I just encourage her. And I I think, oh, I I thank her for
3: doing the best that she can for her child and for putting the work in.
1: Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Rosario?
3: Same thing. um, Just, uh, you know, trying to get uh, rid of your fears. And just you know, doing it, um, you know, with a cover, without a cover. I know with my first, I was really scared, and it was probably like I made more to, more of a circus of myself, trying to like do nursing cover and trying to lecture on and everything. <laughs> and now, you know, with my second, I'm just like, here it is, you know, and I can do it more discreetly. And um, you know, I I try to do it as often as possible when I'm out to encourage other moms, like, hey, you know, it's okay, don't be scared. I'll be your your friend, your advocate, you know. Now, let's do it together.
1: Very cool. With one of my uh, my support groups, like a couple times a year, there's a really cool restaurant that's near where we have our support group, and they're super family friendly. It's actually like a family friendly like burger bar, so it's just awesome. And so a couple times a year, we give them a call and say like, Hey, we're gonna come on over. there are gonna be twenty of like nursing moms coming over, and they're super awesome about it. But we use it as a way for moms who are just learning how to nurse in public. They are surrounded mm-hmm. by a whole wow. ton of other moms who that's are doing so cool. it, and that's yeah, a good idea. I know, I love it. It's super fun that they get to do that with each other. And then the moms who are used to it can provide guidance. And the moms who have never really done it yet are are fearful, they're surrounded by the tribe. So I think it's really cool. All right. Well, thank you for sharing um, your advice. I love it. And we'll be right back. Okay, so today on The Boo Group, we're discussing breastfeeding toddlers managing the sometimes chaotic circus. Our expert, Andrea Blanco, is a Private Practice International Board Certified Lactation Consultant in Miami, Florida with Loving Start Lactation Services. I first met Andrea when she decided to be a guest writer for my blog uh, at the San Diego Breastfeeding Center, and so her toddler articles have been some of the most popular articles on my site due to her breastfeeding knowledge and her sassy storytelling. So thanks so much for joining us, Andrea, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Robin. Yeah. Welcome, girls. <laughs> so, Andrea, in anticipation of this episode, I posted on our boob group Facebook page and our San Diego Breastfeeding Center Facebook page. If anyone had questions about nursing a toddler, and we had over twenty questions and counting, um, clearly it is quite a hot topic. So, I just wanted to put it out there that I have a feeling we're going to have to expand this into a two-part episode. So, I hope that you enjoy it and you want to come back. Um, I'm excited. Cool. So, before we get into all those questions, I wanted to cover a few of those basics so Andrea what is the average age of weaning around the world you know how long are women breastfeeding for in both developing countries as well as industrialized ones
5: the average age of weaning is actually very hard to pin down do we include babies who were never breastfed those that were unable to breastfeed for more than a few days or weeks due to difficulties Uh, focusing on what the natural age of weaning is better at narrowing down what a child will do when left to wean on his own. Katherine Detweiler, who's a leading anthropologist on the duration of breastfeeding in humans, has done wonderful work in this area, and she describes the natural age of weaning to be anywhere between two and a half years to seven years old.
1: Wow, wow, okay. Um, And what does nursing a toddler really look like in terms of frequency and length of feeding, and, and how much breast milk does a toddler really need?
5: I used to jokingly say that I still nursed my toddlers on demand, but on demand for a newborn and on demand for a toddler usually look like two very different things. Totally. Toddlers nurse for a lot of different reasons and nutrition isn't usually the main component anymore so moms can be more flexible with what that means for them. Toddler nursing varies from one or two times a day when they're busy and entertained to little pit stops throughout the day plus morning nap and night when they're feeling vulnerable or even sometimes bored.
1: No, that's that makes a, <laughs> I love that because there is toddler's demand at certain times of the day that you know maybe not when they're You know, famished, but they just need it as, like you said, a pit stop. I love that. Um, Ladies, what does your breastfeeding relationship look like with your toddler, and and how often is your toddler nursing at this point? Rosario? Um, My toddler only nurses um, evenings
3: and on weekends because I work, Um, but it's uh, really... Probably about six, seven times and then kinda of throughout the night still.
1: Yeah. Are they long feedings, would you say, or kind of just like a little a little topper? Yeah. They're more like
3: little snacks here and there. Um, you know, she goes to runs around, does her thing and then it's like, Oh, I think I'm a little a little hungry. So she comes and snacks.
1: Perfect. How about
2: you, Rachel? Well, my one year old right now, he still doesn't eat all that much food. I mean, we offer him every time we eat. He's allowed to eat off of our plates. But, um, so he still gets the bulk of his nutrition from breastfeeding, so I would say he still breastfeeds a lot. Um, pretty much kind of on the same schedule he did when he was little. He breastfeeds for hunger. Um, but when I was breastfeeding my middle son, um, as he got older, he breastfed till he was almost four. Um, and it was a lot of, kind of like you described with the pit stops, but when he was, he would kind of fuel up on, like, connection and security and feeling full and safe and then he would go off and explore for a long time and be really independent and then
1: come back and connect and then have kind of be fueled to be independent on his own. Very cool. Um, Andrea, what do you think are the main reasons, you know, from your perspective why women continue to breastfeed into toddlerhood even when, for example, in Western society, in the United States we're having a hard time with this, um, it's not necessarily the norm in our society and they keep going. What do you think?
5: We lead such busy lives, Robin, whether we're the primary caregivers and stay-at-home taking care of our children or whether we're working outside the home. Continuing to nurse past that first year maintains that connection that would be so easy to inadvertently let go of. Um, Life gets in the way, and having those moments of reconnection are vital to us as mothers and definitely to our children. A continuation of nursing is a good way to have that happen.
1: And ladies, why why did you choose to breastfeed beyond a year? And I'd love to know, Christine. Also, um, why are you choosing to breastfeed beyond that first year? Was was this your initial goal? Did you, or did you kind of surpass what it was initially? Rachel, how about you? Uh, well, I had always kind of intended on allowing my child to tell
2: me when he was ready to be done, um, and I I can my one-year-old, I, I remember thinking, like, the day of his first birthday, kind of joking with my husband, like, I can't even imagine thinking it's so healthy and so beneficial and so wonderful today, but then tomorrow, yeah. like, no, it's done. There's no, no nutritional more. value. Right. <laughs> right, it ends. Yeah. I think he would just yeah. implode. And <laughs> yeah, um, so we just kind of approached it just kind of knowing that he, he my kids would get to decide when they were ready, it just seemed healthy and right. And then also just kind of as their first b- birthday came and went, it didn't really make sense to all of a sudden stop. It didn't feel any different.
1: Yeah. How about you, Rosario? Um, were you planning on breastfeeding beyond a year, and, and what made you choose to? Before
3: I had my daughter, I didn't really have any thoughts about breastfeeding, and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, breastfeeding. Um Once I started breastfeeding her, um, I did set a goal for a year and it actually came by faster than (laughs) I I thought and, um, you know, it was the same thing, uh, you know, after a year, there's still lots of benefits and I like that personal connection that I had with my daughter, Um, so I just kept until, you know, she was ready to also wean.
1: Cool. How about you, Christine? What's kind of your reasoning for thinking that you want to breastfeed for longer than a year? Well, my biggest thing is that
4: I'm in the military, so I go on frequent deployments. And why, why not? I mean, I, I want that connection with her. I'm going to be gone so often and for such long amounts of time. Like, I'm mom, and I want her to remember that I'm mom, and I want to come back and her remember that I'm mom. Even though I go on a six-month deployment, I would love to come back and her latch right on again
1: and go yeah. nursing again. That's what she wanted. Yeah, Absolutely. Very cool. Um, Andrea, w- uh, one of the questions that kept coming up on Facebook was um, what to do about the biting. Um, and obviously, babies kind of nibble down even before toddlerhood. Um, but, you know, a bunch of the moms were asking how to deal with when a toddler bites, um, because sometimes I guess there's more intention behind it, maybe. Um, and how does this have to be the end of their nursing relationship? I tend to think that toddlers
5: probably bite for the same reasons that infants do. They're still teething. Yeah, that's true. Um, They might be having, you know, uh, ear infections or something might be bothering them. They're off. A lot of times, uh, I remember my toddlers used to bite me right when they were drifting off to sleep but still nursing uh, as a way to kind of just clamp down. It, It usually happens at the end of feeds, and it isn't something consistent. The the good thing and the difference between an infant biting and a toddler biting is that toddlers understand you a lot better. Yeah. Um, when it becomes a game when they really liked a reaction that mom gave them, whether it was negative or positive, then they're likely to continue. So discussing in, in toddler terms and, and toddlers varies from twelve months to thirty six months, so it really matters what age you're dealing with but talking to them and making them understand that that is not acceptable because it hurts, um, would probably be the best way to deal with it. And just being consistent. I don't think that they really do mean to bite unless somehow they found that it was a game between mom and baby, or mom and toddler.
1: Yeah, you hear a lot about how when babies bite and the mom shrieks out of, you know, surprise is as, as a reaction, that a lot of babies will giggle. And, you know, it's just like, oh, this is kind of fun, this is this game. Um, but I guess, yes, the nice thing is, is that when there's a toddler involved, you might actually be able to have a conversation about it. You absolutely can. Ladies, have you had to deal with biting at all?
2: Rachel? Um, Yeah, I think one thing about biting with a toddler is that they're also, um, sometimes they can be given other cups throughout the day that is okay for them to bite on. So I think that can be confusing for little ones sometimes too. If they have a sippy cup, you know, with the little spout on it that they can chew on while they're teething and then they're nursing and then they're chewing on that too, that can get really confusing. But for mine, whenever he did, I would we kind of have the instinct to pull them back, but that hurts a lot worse. So I would push his face in <laughs> yeah. so he would have to kind of let go. Um, and then I would put him down and say, you know, ouch, that hurts, mommy. It's ouchy now. It has to rest. It needs to get better. And so if he did it, like, he couldn't have that side again right away. So yeah. if he wanted a nurse, he couldn't bite.
1: Yeah. How about you,
3: Rosario? Have you dealt with biting? Oh, yes. Um, I remember the very first time she bit me, I shrieked and I yelled, like, you know, really loudly. And actually, that scared her. So then she started crying. And we were both Aww. there like, ouch. Um, so then I was just like, oh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, have any emotion, either positive or negative. Because, you know, either she'll get scared or, or then she'll think that it's a game. Um, so I just kind of kept composed. And then I would do the same thing. Just pull her off, say, ouch, you know, it hurts it's ouchie and and, um just keep her off of it and uh and that seemed to work i mean it takes a couple of tries and they kind of still test you um but if you're consistent then you know it Goes away and then it goes back to normal.
1: Perfect, perfect. What the first panelist uh, discussed
5: is also very real, and and that you know I call that the toddler latch. Once they start getting sippy cups a lot, they do tend to bite down a lot more because of the material that the sippy cup is. Ah, that's a really and good point. I remember training my first again. Okay, you have to open wide, stick your tongue out over your teeth like this when you latch because it is very, very painful. But the good thing is is that he was very good about mimicking what I was doing and latching on correctly once. Once he, I told him what he needed to do.
1: That's so helpful to know too, because obviously so many babies are getting cups after a year old. They're you know getting water in it or even juice, things like that. We, we didn't give him a sippy cup.
2: We just gave him a cup with a straw. Oh yeah. Um, or just a, an open cup if he was drinking from our cups. But if he wanted to walk around, we'd give him a cup with a straw. It was enough so that as he toddled, it wouldn't spill. Yeah. Um, but it was so different from a real nipple that it. It wasn't confusing. Well, I
1: think, I mean, I chew on all my straws.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he de- is allowed to chew on the straw, yeah. but that was the, like, this is a safe thing to chew on. This is a yes yeah. thing to chew on. This is a no thing to chew on. Where the sippy cups can
1: feel so similar yeah. to the breastfeeding that it can be confusing. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, Andrea will discuss dealing with a toddler who wants to nurse during every inopportune time, as well as dealing with strange looks and criticism for nursing a toddler. We'll be right back. <music> And we're back with Andrea J. Blanco from Miami, Florida, talking about uh, nursing a toddler. And so, Andrea, um, as you discussed in your articles on my San Diego Breastfeeding Center blog, toddlers can be very emotional creatures and often demanding. Can you imagine? (laughs) Um, So how do you recommend dealing with a toddler who wants to breastfeed when you don't want to? And do you handle it differently at home than in public? I think that's really up to the
5: mom as far as whether she wants to handle it differently. I think in public... Uh, picking your battles might be the best way to go yeah. you know I, I alluded or I, I talked about um, the time that I was in church and my toddler started yelling booby at the top of his lungs <laughs> and you know that really happened there I probably should have picked my battle and realized that I wasn't going to get my way instead of causing the scene however <laughs> you know when you're home I mean obviously if if this is not a good time for you then that's important for them to know the same way that that you are you know requiring that they buckle up when they get in the car or that there are rules in place there can be rules in place with respect to nursing i think it's hard for a mom to make that shift from one year of being at the baby's beck and call to, to understanding that it's okay to set limits um, and then just being consistent with those limits, whatever that means for her and, and for her baby.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. Um, ladies, how do you deal with this situation when you're not necessarily in the mood to nurse your toddler or not in the right space to breastfeed your toddler? How about
2: you, Rachel? Um, I, try to, and I would try to anticipate times when I wasn't super ecstatic and enthusiastic about (laughs) breastfeeding and offer it to him before that and then kind of um, prep him. Like, for example, as he got older, like for the second half of the night, when I would nurse him all through the night. We would bed chair. And then when I was tired, ready to get some deep sleep, I would say, okay, night-night, Milkies. Milkies are going night-night. And then when the sun came up, he could have them again. So I would kind of, you know... Give him some prep ahead of time yeah, parameters. and parameters right, and let him nurse as much as he wanted right before, and then it was a lot easier to enforce that,
1: yeah, how about you, rosario?
3: Um, kind of the same thing um I would uh just you know let her know like, okay, we're gonna go out, um we can breastfeed right now, but when we're out, you know kind of um. We're going to be busy, so um, let's, uh, you know, n- not do it. And also it was because of sometimes, you know, the criticism or just like um, they start uh, doing all kinds of weird motions or wanting to nurse. Acrobatics. Uh, yeah, acrobatics. <laughs> so it was just like really hard. Um, and that, that usually worked. Yeah. Um, did you did you distract her with something else, for example, if she asked yes. for it
1: in, when you weren't mm-hmm. in the yes. mood or ready? Yes, yeah.
3: exactly. Um, we did that, you know, either like, oh, look, here's a toy, or he yeah, brought you some snacks, you know, um, her favorite either Cheerios or little puffs, whatever it was that she was into at the time. Um, And that usually worked.
1: (laughs) That's a nice thing about toddlers where it's hard sometimes because they're distractible and, like, they use you as a pit stop. But the other part is you can actually distract them away from something Mm -hmm. that you're not, you know, ready to do at that point. And they understand more practical things
2: when they're toddlers, too. So, like, well, you could, but uh, those rocks look really fun to jump on. Like, (laughs) if you want
1: to jump on the rocks, we can't drink milk, too, you know. So let's go jump on the rocks. (laughs) Absolutely. Andrea, do you find that toddlers tend to want to nurse more often when mom is at home, like, just hanging out? And what tips do you have if the mom doesn't feel like being a 24-hour drive-through? I
5: definitely do think that, that toddlers tend to nurse more when, when they're in a familiar setting, simply because of that. I mean, the cool thing about toddlers is that they are ready to explore the world and to find their own independence. And that's scary for them. That's probably why they come back to home base and nurse so much in that little pit stop-like fashion. However, um, you know, I remember the best advice that I got when I was a mom and, and not a lactation consultant was don't sit down. That's probably not <laughs> very practical when you're home and that's exactly what you want to do, but it really is very true. I mean, they're used to, mommy sits in this chair and, and mom probably uses a chair that's comfortable for her, so that's where she, exactly where she wants to sit. Distraction works wonderful. There are some personalities that... that are not easily distracted and, um, and you know, with anything, it's just going to take a little bit more effort on mom's part and planning. I mean, what these moms said about having snacks ready or, or you know, look at the rocks and, and making something equally as exciting and interesting and knowing when. I mean, if your child just fell, there isn't anything in the world that's going to make them feel better than than nursing at that moment. And, and that's one of the huge benefits of nursing a toddler. Um, but if you're just laying around and, and that's not what you want to do, you know, for me it was, let's get up really quickly. I, I would see the, the lurking hands coming <laughs> and I'd jump up, okay, you know, gotta do something, and and run around. And, you know, and that that was enough for, for until the next 10 minutes when, when <laughs> I was approached again. But being out... Um, Usually helps. I didn't find that my children nursed as much when they were out, um, unless it was again a familiar setting.
1: Yeah, and uh, you bring up a really good point because, you know, we're talking about all these times a mom doesn't want to nurse. But then on the flip side, I find that moms who nurse their toddlers have this superpower to calm their children in any situation. Um, Andrea, did you feel like your boobs had super healing powers? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we forget, you know, that breast milk has a, a natural analgesic property in it, and that does
5: not change just because your child is not a baby anymore. It, it, it's very real. And it's an emotional uh, comfort as well as a physical comfort that they're getting when they're coming to you. I mean, my kids are older now. They are, you know, five and seven. And when they're hurt, usually they still come to lay on my chest. It's a source of comfort and a place of love for them. And that doesn't change. So uh, I am very, very happy that I was able to, to nurse into toddlerhood. And that it definitely worked for those moments when um, throwing themselves off the countertops didn't really result <laughs> in what they intended. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and as a mom of two boys, I totally hear you on that. And, <laughs> and it's like my kids are seven and six, so right around your boys' yeah. age as well. And and they so st- I didn't nurse them into toddlerhood, but I do find too, like the minute they need to snuggle, it's like they sit on my lap and just bury their head into my my practically non-existent breast. But for some reason, maybe it's my heartbeat they're hearing. I don't know but um, but it is a really big sense of comfort so um, ladies how about you are you feeling like a super healing powers superhero boobies oh yeah it was awesome <laughs> I mean I I had the power to get him to
2: put him to sleep to quiet him to soothe him to I mean I would bring him to business meetings and uh, when I would guest lecture in classes and things like that. And as long as I had my boobs, which I could never forget, (laughs) um, you know, he would have everything that he needed. It's perfect. like if I'm on the phone
1: and I need five more minutes of quiet... There you oh go. Oh, my gosh. Every <laughs> mom can totally read. <laughs> the, oh my, the minute the phone rings, they start beating each yes, other up. That would yes. That's fantastic. This solves that problem. <laughs> exactly. How about you, Rosario?
3: Yes. And, it, you know, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. So the baby is not, you know, too <laughs> noisy. I just stick the boob in there, and now she's off to sleep. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, that's how it was um, with my toddler as well. Um, very practical. You know, like uh, um, and she said, you'd never forget them. We always have the quick snack or, you know, fix her up for anything and everything that could go right or wrong.
1: Absolutely. So ladies, what has been your favorite part of nursing your toddler? I guess, Andrea, I'll throw that out to you first. What's your your favorite part?
5: My favorite part of nursing my toddler is the conversations that we started to have at the breast. Uh, My oldest actually was the first one to alert me that I had hardly any milk when I was not knowing that I was pregnant ah, with his brother. Awesome. And, you know, just a lot of really, really funny conversations that take place with respect to breastfeeding that I don't think would have ever ever transpired otherwise. I, my milk tastes like a mix between vanilla and chocolate ice cream, I hear. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and other things, that, that it's just the time spent with them on me. Um, sometimes exasperating, but, but I definitely cherish every minute of it.
1: How about you, Rosario?
3: that they latch on like a magnet (laughs) (laughs) so you know if they don't have that um you know the use of the sippy cup or things like that you know sometimes you don't have i i did have a little bit of a problem with that with my daughter but you know for most of the time once they're toddlers they know how to do it so you just like put them near and they just like bloop (laughs) you know so it's not it's just like super convenient and it's awesome
1: (laughs) that's fantastic how
2: about you rachel um probably just yeah all that fun bonding time i mean we I can sing songs to him. I mean, his face is like six inches from my face. So without that, I wouldn't have all that face-to-face bonding time. I mean, hours and hours over a 24-hour period that he and I just get to know each other. Today, before I came, I was taking his hand and touching all the parts on my face, and he would laugh and,
1: you know, smile around the nipple. (laughs) With it still in his mouth. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. That's fantastic. Well, clearly we couldn't get to all of our Facebook questions, especially ones dealing with toddlers nursing to sleep and weaning a toddler. Um, Andrea, is there any way we can coax you into returning for a part two of this episode? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for your insight into nursing a toddler. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Andrea discusses how to deal with those sometimes strange looks and comments regarding your toddler nursing. Uh, For more information about the Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. So here's a question from one of our listeners. Um, This is from Renee Atkins, and this is what she asked. Um, Have you noticed many mothers getting depressed after weaning? We hear a lot about depression in the first few months after having a baby, but since breastfeeding is protective of women's mental health, if they stop weaning after 18 months, then get depressed, how do you advise them? Most practitioners would not say that it's postpartum depression, but it is. It's just delayed. Probably more common in women with history of mood disorders, not much research on the subject, I'm not sure. I think mothers would appreciate knowing that this may happen. Hi, listeners of the Boob Group. This is Veronica
6: Tingzon, international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the original Comfort Food Lactation Services in San Diego, California. Renee, what I'd like to answer is kind of going through the possibilities of what might be going on. Um, You had mentioned in your question to us if this is kind of a delayed postpartum depression. Postpartum depression is defined as the period between six weeks and 18 months post delivery of your baby and so this would not be considered a postpartum depression. What more than likely it is is the mourning of that relationship or that bond that's going on where, you know, you you get to cuddle your baby. The other thing is, is that one of the hormones involved in breastfeeding is oxytocin, which is what lets the milk down or gives you that milk ejection reflex. And oxytocin is commonly referred to as the feel-good hormone. And what happens is that as you start weaning and you're no longer getting that multi-daily release of the oxytocin, then you're not getting that surge of those feel-good hormones. So what you have is you have sleep deprivation still because, you know, you still have a child who's running you ragged sometimes. So when you have that that weaning from um, several doses of that oxytocin a day to nothing, then you're not um, getting that mood stabilizer and you're still feeling the effects of being tired from, let's face it, raising a family. It's hard. So I think that that's part of what's going on and it could be also that there is a little bit of a clinical depression going on. I urge you to look up uh, on Google maybe uh, the work of Cynthia Good Mojab or the work of uh, Dr. Kathleen Kendall Tackett who are both uh, in the field of lactational psychology and do some great work with research on this particular subject. Um, I hope this helps, Renee, and good luck with your situation. I would still go and see a psychologist or psychiatrist so that you can uh, help get those new stabilizers
1: going. Have a great day. Thank you so much to our expert panelists and all of our listeners. If you have any questions about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our boob group hotline at 619 866 four seven seven five and we will answer your question on an upcoming episode if you have a breastfeeding topic you'd like to suggest we would love to hear it simply visit our website theboobgroup.com and send us an email through the contact link coming up next week we have wendy wright from lactation navigation discussing your breastfeeding and pumping rights when you return back to work thanks for listening to the boob group your judgment-free breastfeeding resource The views and experiences shared by Christine in this episode
0: are her own personal opinions and not that of the United States Armed Forces.
1: This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider.
0: Hey, mamas